Good evening. Join Mommy Fortuna's Midnight Carnival and or Mr. Dark's Pandemonian Carnival. Sell that baby brother to the Goblin King and come with us because we were born with the courage of an eagle, the strength of a black tiger, and the power of a god as we explore 80s fantasy movies tonight on the Lock, Shock, and Barrel podcast. The Prom check laps. is in the mail. Brown <laughs> laughs from his mountain. I had my quote very small. <laughs> yeah, that was like seven things that you said. I said a lot I got of the shit. Mr. Dark one and the, and the uh, Labyrinth one. Those are the ones that I got. <laughs> right? So Mommy Fortuna's Midnight Carnival is from The Last Unicorn. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and Born with the Courage of an Eagle. That quote is from Beastmaster. Nice. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep. Or, as we all think of it, the movie we watched because of the ferrets. It did have yeah. ferrets in it. Totally. <laughs> ferrets. Smoke weed. <laughs> How are you guys doing this evening? Pretty good. <sighs> doing I mean, doing I wish pretty I had good. Googled it just from The Last Unicorn. <laughs> uh, I can't believe you didn't rewatch Last Unicorn for this because I did. I haven't seen it in a while. You said you watched it with the kiddos, right? Oh, I did. I did. Actually, and, uh, asked what was to their see it again today. <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah? Well, yeah, yeah. Asked to see it again. So, so she's yours, all right. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. And she laughed till she cried at the big titty tree. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> but, oh, oh, love, 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 love. Okay, so here's a difference, though. I don't know if I would have understood that as a kid. Like, I don't know if I would have noticed that. I'm being yeah, bothered. Okay. I, yeah, you would have noticed. It's a movie I don't think I watched in entirety until, like, honestly, a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Well, as a kid, watching it, literally the only thing that I remember is that bull, because it scared the shit out of me. Frank Welker, the guy that voiced Megatron, voiced that bull. Megatron! Sorry. <laughs> All right, that was the other guy. That was wait, wait. But you did That was good. We got ahead of ourselves as usual. That's that what great. we do here. It yeah, is. you asked how we were doing, and um, we are doing like a giant fireball. That's what we're doing. What um, are we drinking? I am drinking a Mother's Winter Grind coffee stout. Let's see if I can. Hell yeah, that was pretty good. <laughs> that was good. Yeah, that was a bottle. I was scared it wouldn't sound as cool as a can. Ah, very nice. Wife owes me five dollars. Could you have tried to give it like a a fantasy sounding name? Oh, uh yeah, what do you call your draught? Uh oh, mother's winter grind coffees. And <laughs> I can't think of it. <laughs> you were the most unmagical person. You couldn't even come up with like mother's milk or something. I live in a That's gray cubicle world. <laughs> I know. Ira, what you got? I'm drinking a uh a Czech-style Pilsner from the Bowie Beer Company, but I'm calling it, uh, what am I calling it? I'm calling it a Kroll. Frodo, Frodo's <laughs> dick. <laughs> well, all right. I'm drinking a drink of my own devising that I'm calling the Shrieking Eel. Oh, that's good. Nice. It's Kraken and apple cider, and if I had some blue gummy worms, I'd throw those in. Very nice. This episode, I feel like I didn't. No, I'm changing the name of my drink to the Rock Biter. Oh, oh, I like that. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. It looks like a big, strong IPA. (laughs) I'm gonna change. I'm gonna. I'm gonna change mine to Winter Grind Coffee. (laughs) 
Well, to be fair, okay. Jeff, we haven't done this in a while. <laughs> so Elf jizz. Elf jizz. There you go. <laughs> Was that so hard? <laughs> You're remembering. Yay. I'm doing it, Peter. Doing it, Peter. Does that count as a, does Hook count as a fantasy movie? Uh, well, if it does, okay. it counts Let's... as a 90s fantasy movie. I like that, I like uh, that segue, though. What counts as a fantasy book. movie? So right, right here, we're going to say that we were sort of thinking of the 80s as this golden age of fantasy movies, probably because of the proliferation of home video and budget stuff. You could have a movie that maybe went straight to home video. And, and us not yeah. having any bills in that time of our lives. <laughs> well, the fact that... That's our you know. personal connection to it. But I'm saying there was a lot out there that had amazing cover art, even if it sucked as a movie, to look yeah. at in the video store. So right. you're talking about the wider perspective of 80s fantasy. and yeah. But also to us, yeah, that's like when we were growing up. You know, I was born in 85. Um, you guys were born, I don't know, at some point before that, I'm guessing. <laughs> um, who knows? <laughs> uh yeah. You seem older. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, the, the fact that not only was uh, was it just sort of this perfect storm of, uh, yeah, Lila, like you said, like proliferation of VHS and, uh, you know, new special effects techniques, but things were still largely very practical. Um, right. <laughs> movies were budgets that could tackle a lot of the 80s fantasy and stuff that was coming out and. Yeah. Spielberg existed, you know, that sort of thing. And and a man named Mr. Jim Henson really taking the reins on what you could do with puppetry. Yeah, and and really just the fact whether like where we grew up out, you know, in the country. I just remember our play was so filled with magic and fantasy and dragons and thinking about that stuff, like it was some real bridge to Terabithia shit. You know? Oh it was. I mean our grandparents had had all this land and it was foothills and streams and ponds and that was the the set soft focused lenses coming across unicorns having to sacrifice them <laughs> so you can sleep with a lady so oh, I sorry was, sorry i was gonna mention this much later much later okay here we are do you guys remember a little ladies fantasy film called the light sword of zyor i don't think i've ever heard of that in my life that is because we wrote it <laughs> cool. <laughs> How did it go? What so our cousin Ben and I wrote the script, and then we had the, one of those big ass like on the shoulder VHS cameras, and we I think we got actually like three scenes filmed because before we got bored and wandered off. It definitely we were reading influenced so much by fantasy that I think that we actually had a character named Galadriel. That's Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Copyrighted. Uh, yeah, we we were eight. We didn't know that. Well, somebody um, told you. Right. It was before people told us you couldn't just steal everybody else's shit. <laughs> Wait, Leela, I remember this. Uh huh. I remember one. Uh, yeah, I remember one of the stunts was going to be filmed out uh, at the river, and yes. um, I think Aaron was going to be in it, or or somebody. Everybody, like, Everybody we knew was in it because we did, you know, it's not like we There's, knew actors. Somebody, yeah. somebody was going to eight people. <laughs> somebody was going to rush at like Aaron or you or somebody, um, and then actually jump off that like high cliff near uh, Ted's and fall into the water, and that was going to be the big stunt for the movie. 
I don't remember that. That seems a little ambitious for us, but it was, I, I do remember. Maybe it was, was a like different a walking, fantasy movie, but yeah. There was walking uh, a scene where there was like walking over this dead tree over the creek, and the creek was supposed to have monsters in it, but it was only like two inches deep. So we were trying to. I remember sitting with Ben trying to troubleshoot the special effect. Uh, <laughs> like how you were going to hide the, de- like do an up angle to make it seem scary. So I specifically kind of remember that the baddies were going, we were going to focus in really tight on, we had these toys called Inhumanoids. Mm-hmm. Remember those? I do. And yeah. yeah okay. Them in, like the knots of trees and focus on them. So they looked really big with mm-hmm. everything else. Like it's so, uh, yeah. A force so you kind of trick, uh, like, invented like the Peter force perspective. Yeah, you yes. and Peter Jackson would later take right, that so idea what I'm to saying a fuller. Is that ben and I, probably ten years old, invented that, and I remember making the poster for it, uh, which the I most drew. important part of any fantasy movie. <laughs> and and Ben and I got into a tiff because over the spelling of Zyor, which we decided finally was X Y Z O R. <laughs> oh man i i love that this story has everything it's like uh oh, yeah. oh, the yeah. creative process uh creative differences mm-hmm. um yeah the best way to troubleshoot a practical effects monster scene like ah, oh, that's great and then uh, like an eventual just wandering off because it was time to go to dinner or something yeah you know yeah, yeah. Oh. Day, and our grandparents had a pool fell. too, so that that yeah. worked in. I'm sure yeah. there was some, there were some sirens or something in it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that you could totally not tell we're in a pool. Right? Oh man, I wonder where that script is. And I, I wish I could find that. If I could find that poster, I would print it out huge and give it to everybody for Christmas. Oh, I would want a T-shirt for sure. Uh, that would like I don't think this podcast uh, I don't think we have a merch section yet, but we should get one just so we can get shirts. <laughs> yeah, and fans posters draw your of the light sort of light Zyor. sort of Zyor, you know, uh, Zyor. I'm gonna Zyor. start writing fanfic for it if that's okay. When Please you say, do. So yeah, X- I don't X- know anything. Z O R. Yes, I understand that, but we decided <laughs> that X Y Z sounded badass. It does. I mean, it looks cool, but that's not. But it also Zyor. stands for Zyor. It stands actual... for though. <laughs> the actual light sword was one that we found in the loft of the barn and was actually made of wood. Well, that's. Um, I'm sorry like... that it didn't take off. You know. Yeah. Uh, I know. It could have been one of those franchises. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I could see it going. Having a reboot by now, you know, I know. and people will be I know. like, "I preferred the original with the stupid little fucking hobgoblins that were next to the tree." <laughs> Man, you know, we should do it. We should film it. I don't see any reason why not. I mean, as long as I can find those Inhumanoids toys, because those were important. <laughs> well, see, that's so what we're I'm, definitely going to say what I'm that, about. that. So the '80s movie, '80s fantasy movies list that we come up with is definitely put through the perspective lens of what we thought of as 80s fan. So when we define it, mm-hmm. we're defining it as basically what we defined it as when we were kids, back when you were writing that sweet screenplay for the light sword of Sizor. Sorry. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> uh, but yeah, how do yep. we define our 80s fantasy movie? Yeah. Right, it's definitely through our lens. If you really look at all of the 80s like, fantasy Little Mermaid. movies, technical fantasy, but I don't consider it that. You know yeah. why I don't? Because it's animated. 
Uh, well, actually, kind of, yeah. Um, that's part of it. I, I, I considered Disney movies a whole different thing. I was like, oh, Pinocchio and Little Mermaid. I, like, I understood that those were fantasy films, but when I think of 80s fantasy, I think of sword and sorcery, and generally I think of humans interacting with puppets uh, that are on a sliding scale of like, oh, that's kind of like, you know, not too uncanny valley and just downright terrifying. Although sidebar, Dragon yeah. Slayer is a Disney movie. Well, I mean Disney animated. Oh, okay. Um, but if like, you they straight up roast a virgin that. sacrifice in that movie. Just a couple of quick things. I didn't see Dragon Slayer until a couple of years ago, and it blew my goddamn mind. I loved it so much. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was like, how have I never seen this? Uh, second of you, all, do you remember the dragon's name? Uh, Vermin Thrax. Are you saying dragons? Wow. Okay. <laughs> no, Dragon Slayer. Dragon's Lair. <laughs> Dragon's Lair was the game. You, oh god. Okay. Yeah. And Dragon... are, are we doing this Abbott and Costello bullshit? <laughs> no, no. And then Dragon's Lair is the porn parody. <laughs> yeah. Leela, you're ruining my childhood. I'm sorry. Of a movie I saw too. Well, you're making the adulthood very. But uh, yeah, I'm, I mean, Wait I'm, till you see I'm saving that one for later. I'm already. <laughs> um. Uh, yeah, but I do want to point out how uh, this was in the age of dark Disney. Uh, their live-action right. shit was, uh, I have a note here, uh, like with Tron, back when they weren't afraid to de-res a motherfucker on screen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that, something wicked this way comes, Watcher in the Woods, I guess that was maybe late 70s, but still, you know. Uh, are, we, are we going to talk about something wicked later? Or can I um, point out this thing that I just noticed about it? What would you point like? Out to, the thing. I point out the thing. The fact that the fucking high sparrow is Mr. Dark. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I never yeah, yeah. noticed that. Yeah, oh yeah. fine. Never okay. mind. I'll no, here's take this part out because it makes me sound like a dumbass. Oh how no, does no, that, no. How's that old ass guy have such a young kid? I know that I've said that in the last <laughs> podcast where we mentioned this movie. But it's I was a like, thing in the book. They talk. He's like, "Oh, my dad. He's old. My old dad. My you dad's know. so old." Yeah, that's what he kept saying. Have you read the book like, though? Like it's a Blondie. It's like how did Dagwood get with Blondie? Anyway, no. Let's go on. Let's move Ooh. on. <laughs> he has a giant thing. sandwich making fetish. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, it. Let's just talk yeah. about Dagwood and giant Dagwood sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, goddammit. Yeah, um, when I think of 80s fantasy movies in particular, I think of how dark and strange they were. Yeah, right. they were willing to take some risks. Mm -hmm. Like uh, the creepy and the... Well, they didn't... It wasn't like there was a, a, a formula for it. Like, things nowadays definitely feel like they have formulas of what is acceptable for you to do within the realm of like everything has like its branded feel for like there's this type of sci-fi movie this type of yeah. movie this type of thing mm -hmm. uh there's really no parameters in the 70s especially and then 80s like took that into fantasy like 70s has it with like just generally the way movies are made and the mm -hmm. 80s has it and generally the way like and the way they use the special effects and puppets and stuff. Oh, it was like the Wild West of, of fantasy. A or lot of the writing is very <laughs> similar, though. Like, um, 
I, I would say uh, as far, like, I was thinking about it the other day. You know how, like, as a genre, we expect horror to be, you know, horror. We, we expect there to be something scary in it. And so no matter what horror movie you watch, you know from the cover, you know from the poster, you know from the, the buzz around it that it's going to be scary. So your guard is up. 80s fantasy movies, I remember being like, I never had my fucking guard up. <laughs> like, I was just like, whoa, what is happening now? It's like one second you're in a bright, sunny meadow, and then the next second you're watching something terrible. And yeah, it's true. that could just happen. And I remember being really scared at these pretty intense visuals that uh, were thrust upon us. But at the same time, like looking back on it, it's amazing. It's like, you know, literally anything can happen. And in a way, I think that's really valuable for kids. I think it's uh, important to sort of prepare kids for the concept of a world that is not fixed, where anything actually can happen at any moment. Yeah, um, they're not they're not unlike Grimm's fairy tales in that way. Like, so it's like a. They have a cautionary, creepy element to them where you're like, oh, uh, it's like a hint of horror. Yeah. Well, well, Jim Henson mentioned Grimm's fairy tales when he was talking about the Dark Crystal. There was a quote. I couldn't find the exact quote from him, but uh, to paraphrase, uh, he said he didn't think that it was good for ki- for kids to ever feel that safe, which, you know, weird is interesting. Say, Jim, it's a <laughs> weird thing to say, Jim. Uh, but actually, no, I mean, you think about you think about how compelling the dark crystal is and how it's it's visually very jarring and he you know managed to get into some pretty heavy themes and throughout his uh movie career um, so we definitely i guess we're saying we basically don't define them as like the disney animated stuff mm-hmm. is fantasy but it's so branded even then that it didn't feel like the same as something like uh the princess bride even or willow had sword and sorcery or other animated movies like the last unicorn or Valley of the Wind that yeah. didn't feel Disney. Um, or uh, and a uh, lot of it, I mean, Don Bluth, like Secret of Nim, you know. Right, right. It's I think even back then it was pretty hard to get kids into live action anything. Uh, so like the fact that they had you know dragons and puppets was the way that they did it. And, and we worked. are saying for the purposes of our podcast, space equals sci-fi. Yeah. Yeah, Even if I, except for one, I'm one of my favorites. I'm mm-hmm. going to make an exception when we get to okay. that. When we get to that, but I'm saying Fly the Navigator, ET, Explorers, those are sci-fi for our purposes. I fucking I, love Explorers, and I'll watch it anytime. Yeah, but it yeah. it it does not fit into a list that we're all agreeing on here. I like, remember wow. this weird disconnect happening in my brain. Like I was never a, a fan of He-Man. When I was a kid, but I was like, well, he's wearing a loincloth and he has a sword. This must be a magic-based thing. And yeah, it had magic in it. But then I found out that they're like spaceships and shit. And it's, it's like actually like, you know, Masters of the Universe. And they're like on different planets and whatever. And I'm like... Like the actual universe. Yeah, I was like, wait, what the fuck? <laughs> what is this? I thought that this was like... Um... I'm going to be honest, I still don't know. I never got into He-Man. I never got into it either, but it was just a thing I casually assumed about it. Um, right. Well, because it gave you certain indicators that would it, that would mean things. Like, oh, well, this is like a medieval fantasy thing. This is Ghost of Goblins. This is, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And then it threw in spaceships. 
Yeah, and I'm like, sorry, you lost me. <laughs> yeah. So. All right. Um, so what so. It, what really stands out is like your. Uh, are we going into the, like the pillars of like what yeah. what we think the best ones are? Yeah. Uh, are we going into top three? Yep. Yeah, let's just do a top three. I don't know. I already want to go. Uh, that's our top three music. Oh, um, okay. I imagine Final Fantasy would be our top three music. Oh yeah, we we should probably sample some of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, my top three. Okay, so should I? I'll work from three down. How's that? Oh man, I couldn't even number mine. Go for it. Okay, so. Oh shit! Yeah, I probably shouldn't either. But uh, so number three, Willow. Uh, oh man, okay. I love, love that, love that movie. We watched the shit out of it. But like I've said before, it's basically Star Wars in a fantasy world. That's mm-hmm. fine. And I've explained. We've been through this, you know. Yeah, we've been uh, there. What's um, uh, second, uh, I watched in while I was home sick with a really intense fever it was returned to oz and it fucking jumbled my boo-boo i mean it, it freaked me out so bad but i loved it so much and i was convinced i was hallucinating half of it um no no it's that weird it's that weird seriously but uh wow uh but number one is labyrinth yep sweet yep okay jeff uh i was going to put willow at my number one i didn't realize that i was that it was, yeah, you're right. It was just Star Wars, but it's per- the one that I can remember playing at the most, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. like pretending and having fun with. It's a very concise, fun fantasy thing. Yeah, uh, Labyrinth is amazing, but I think I'm gonna put Big Trouble in Little China as my number two. <laughs> Interesting. I mean, it kind of flies in the face of the rules we just established, but you know that's okay. <laughs> Is it? Wow! Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot that it was in space. What are you talking about? What <laughs> uh, you... No, I just mean yeah. There's magic and whatever. There's, but there's I think it, it counts. Drawing on the cells of it, the film to counts. create lightning. Yeah, you know it counts. Sure, it's fine. It's a it's a fine entry, Jeff. What else do you I got, Jeff? I didn't know my vote didn't count, so I don't know if I want to play anymore. Frankly. Oh, Jeff. I'm sorry. No, I, I love Big Trouble. I must hear your other choice. Yes. And my other one was The Adventures of Baron Munchausen. Ooh. Oz, that has some straight, bizarre-ass, like, British Terry Gilliam animation. Oh, yeah, dude. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, just so psychotic. And the the whole, I don't know, there's so many scenes in it. I I really don't, like, uh, don't know where to start. But it was like, I I think all three of those movies, like, Willow, because I played at the most, Big Trouble in Little China, we saw... Actually, I think for the first time in a hotel when we were taking you to college for the first time, Lila, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. we saw it in like a hotel, and I was like, "What is the?" It was the first. It it, put, it did put a spell on you, me, and mom. I think we were well. Just like... It was the first thing I saw that was laughing at itself, obviously, mm-hmm. and and sort of trying to have fun at the same time. Like, it, like there's a ton of movies that do that now, and I hadn't seen Evil Dead yet. So, <laughs> but uh, uh, Evil Dead Two, but. I think that movie really was taking it to a level where I was like, man, this is fun and laughing at itself. And then, yeah, Baron Munchausen just has some insane special effects in terms of creating a fantasy world is so awesome. But, yeah, yeah. It's it's a, it's a definitely, I think, one of uh, Terry Gilliam's like best and most Gilliam 
of movies. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Lila, what, what do you got on your list? All right. Well, I'm just going to be a big old basic bitch here because my three are like the three. If you said name some 80s fantasy movies, I got Never Ending Story. Excellent. Because it doesn't get more fantastical than weird German fantasy from the 80s. I love every weird shit thing about that movie. Labyrinth. Because it's Labyrinth. And The Princess Bride. Yeah. No, those... Princess Bride was totally almost on my list, yeah. Yeah, I mean... It, it just has to be because if I think of movies I can't watch with other people because I'm too annoying, mm-hmm. Princess Bride's on there. Mm-hmm. I have seen that movie <laughs> so many times. I, I get that looking at it through different lenses, there are some problems with it, but it's damn near a perfect fantasy adventure movie um, that doesn't have to rely on anything but what it is. You know? Yeah. It's just, it's just a charming, wonderful movie. So... It absolutely is. Uh, the The screenplay is great. Uh, the book's great. It, um, never yeah. actually read the, it. The fact that the killer was lying on the floor the whole time. That was Saw. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it's okay, man. It, it's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I didn't see the connection. I just thought yeah. you were taking the piss. No, no, sorry. No, well, it is and amazing. It and is. they haven't made another movie anything like it. Like, Nothing I mean, there's just not. close to it. Yeah. And it doesn't. It existed so it was it's an 80s movie but they didn't do anything that was overtly 80s looking. Right. There's no um, like I I always forget it's an 80s movie actually. Right, like it's so contemporary to anything. It's great. Like I love Excalibur, okay? I love it. <laughs> However, it looks yes. like all of the Knights of the Round Table are the Lost Gib brothers from the Bee Gees. Every damn one of them. Because it is Okay, that's a great point. I would love to dig into that a bit, but go ahead. But Princess Bride doesn't look like that. It looks like any fantasy. I mean, the only thing that dates it, him playing on his Atari. That's like yeah. such a minor detail. And, and and honestly, the only thing I don't like about all of Princess Bride happens at the very closing credits, and you actually hear the words to the theme song. Oh, yeah, yeah. Moment here. A storybook story. I'm like, is this a South Park bit? What is this like? But no, what you said about how Excalibur... Yeah, Excalibur's... Oh, let's talk about Excalibur. But... (laughs) Oh, let's be nice to him. Um, I love Excalibur. Excalibur's awesome, but... I adore Excalibur. It's the 80s thing. And it's so early 80s, it's almost 70s. Yes, yes. And it has this quality to it that I think a lot of other 80s fantasy movies have. Like, okay, Kroll. Um, It's just like everybody's got these hilarious haircuts. And I'm like, was this filmed in the 60s or some shit? Like, what's going on? And um, the, the stories felt like a little dated or wonky or like uh, it's, it's hard to describe, but there's like a level of cheese that comes through that I was like, I enjoyed them, but I didn't think of them as cool 80s fantasy. Do you know what I mean? No, I no, no. Oh, yeah. that's cool. <laughs> like, I you, thought... You have to well, keep in mind that John Borman also made Zardoz. Oh, right? yeah. Like, he made Deliverance, which is like a solid-ass movie, but he also <laughs> made Zardoz. Like, this is his first Shut up, Jeff. <laughs> no, no, this is a solid-ass movie. This is a good movie. Mm. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Ex- 
uh, Excalibur and and uh, Kroll both. I think the quality that they're missing is uh, coherent writing. <laughs> That's, uh, uh, yeah. Because you're when you're watching, like especially Excalibur, I, I do kind of love it for this quality. You never know how long you've been watching it. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. you were literally like it. Oh yeah. How many times have I heard that song? Oh, how many times have I bottle? Like the mist that is in that movie that comes through your TV and fogs like your sense of time and space, and you're just like, "Have we been watching Excalibur for like nine hours?" And you're like, "It's 15 minutes in." You're like, "Oh my god!" Right. But, it, it has a way. It almost makes you feel stoned to watch it. I watched totally. it with mom when I was in elementary school. Like I, st- I again, I think I, I was homesick, and mom was like, "Oh, have you seen Excalibur?" And I was like, "No, what's that?" And we watched it, and I was like. What in God's name is this? <laughs> and I was like, hey, I can see Morgan's boobies, and this is weird. Yeah, so I should probably give it another watch. <laughs> so uh, I just want to ask real quick, if you did allow one that took place in space to be on your list, what would it be? Sorry for forcing you to cheat at your own game. Uh, Big Trouble Little China. No. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Kroll. It would be Kroll. It would be Kroll for you? Yeah. Lilo, would you have one that you considered? Because uh, I didn't would... know Kroll ha- happened in space until way later. So I would put on Flash Gordon. That would be the one. Oh, that good. I... That's a good answer because, like, that... that's still the hardest one for me to say isn't straight up a fantasy movie. Mm <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, but it also harkens back to the day when when Flash Gordon was first written, sci-fi and fantasy were so much more the same thing. Yeah. It's right. like the worlds that they would visit, and it's like, it's an alien world where everyone looks like angels and, you know, things like that. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a that's a, a good observation. Oh, shit, if I'm just throwing one in, it's probably Buckaroo Banzai. Yeah, oh, that we can all so collectively great. say... Fuck you, Star Wars. Fuck you, Disney. So, <laughs> whoa, whoa. We well, have done. We have done our diligence yeah. as Star Wars fans. Okay. I put in my nickel and dime for Star Wars. I ain't going back. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff would just get that way. I do. Recall, <laughs> can I tell you another story from childhood? Do it. When I was a kid, we had a, a tape of the Pirates of Penzance. Right. The or Pirates in men's, men's Pants, the other uh, adult <laughs> version. Sorry. I'm keeping the adult movie thing going. I'm sorry. Go ahead. So, and we watched it a lot. It was the one with Kevin Klein and Linda Ronstadt. Do you remember mm-hmm. that? Oh, oh yeah. What? Yeah. Not the Angela Lansbury one? Yeah, she was in it. Oh, okay. Was she? Yeah. Huh. <laughs> I have a side anyway. note about Murder, She Wrote Later. <laughs> Of course you do. This is an interesting episode already. Lily, go ahead. (laughs) Oh, yeah, she was Ruth. That's right, that's right. So, anyway, I didn't remember the name of it, right? I remember that Pirates was in it. So, one time at Grandma and Grandpa's house, spending the night, and and Grandpa's, like, looking through the TV guide thing, and I was like, oh, I love this movie. But it wasn't Pirates of Penzance. It was the Ice Pirates. (laughs) Oh, shit. (laughs) I don't know what the Ice Pirates is. Um, wow. <laughs> and I swear... Think Barbarella, sort of? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like a sexploitation weird uh, movie. Uh, 
bizarre is all I no. I've only seen bits and pieces, so Well, I've seen the whole thing with grandpa. What was that like? <laughs> he just watched the whole thing and he's like, You're a damn weird kid and disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> There was definitely a point where I was like, this isn't the same movie. It There's doesn't the like thing in a while. That makes more sense as to why uh, Grandpa thought you would like Gerald's game, the book, Ira. <laughs> like, Ira like, I don't know. He just, no, he just wanted to take the book I was reading. And he, he was like, here, got you. you like Stephen King, don't you? As hardcore. <laughs> and I was like, what's S&M? <laughs> huh. so I'm looking on here. It was rated PG, but it was, you know, one of those 80s PG. Good yeah, that doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Anyway, so. That's really funny. Yeah. Um, but yeah, is Barbarella kind of an apt comparison? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I bet that was awkward. Yeah. Because I'm probably like eight. I, I, you know, I probably wasn't paying attention because I was working on my script. for a Oh, this is Zyor. true. I mean, yeah, you need some <laughs> on in the background while you work on the light. <laughs> the, the sword here, of Zyor? The here. light sword of Zyor. Light swords. You're, you're sitting in your underwood, like kapow, 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 kapow. Fade in. You're like doing a bump. And you're like, this is fucking good. This is good. <laughs> we fade into the light sword of Gundor, Sizor. God damn it. Gotta stop doing that. <laughs> you're trying to narrate. Thompson. Yeah, Leela as Hunter S. Thompson riding the light sword of <laughs> Sizor. Yes, please. Let's have it. It was 1987. God damn, what a year. <laughs> The story was coming together, but not fast enough. Edders are on my ass. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, man, that's such a good bit. Well, okay, to move along, would you guys, are you guys interested in a game? Of course. In the, yeah. in the epic, times, immortal yeah. words of war games, shall we play a game? Another 80s movie that is not a fantasy movie. It's still <laughs> yeah. in the fantasy section. And doesn't have space in it. Why the hell did I watch that movie? <laughs> I don't know, man. It it really bothered me how many fantasy lists Big appeared on. Appeared on. It's like Ferris like, Bueller's Day Off is yeah, not a fantasy I movie. I agree with that. Yeah, yeah, looking at the... When I googled fantasy movies and I saw Big, I was filled with rage as well. Because it, you know what it tells me? Is that those people weren't children in the 80s who had a love for that. Yeah. For fantasy. I enjoyed Big. No problems with it. But it wasn't my go-to. I'm not going to play Big in the woods. No. (laughs) (laughs) I'll pretend to be an adult who is a child. Yeah. (laughs) Right. I'm going to go out in the woods and pretend to have a job. Fuck off. I'm going to play Big in the woods. That's really funny. (laughs) Um yeah, I feel like the people who threw those lists together, it's like they were just trying, they they were like, well, we said Labyrinth, we said Dark Crystal, uh, you know, we said Legend, um, I don't know. It's like technically magic, right? Technically this, this technically machine. that. It's like uh, when you shave your pubes down to make your dick look bigger. It's, uh, <laughs> it's just <laughs> You're fooling yourself. You're fooling yourself, okay? <laughs> That's what God gave you, just deal with it. Um, anyway, what was I saying? Game, okay. A game. Game, game, game. Okay. So, as a preface, <laughs> um in the intro we mentioned these are dark movies and the 80s were a scary time, you know? Uh the scary ass 1980s, you know, you had uh Reagan, you had Thatcher, Cold yeah. War, nuclear AIDS, war. yeah. Uh yeah, threat of nuclear war. Okay, blown away. <laughs> What else do I have to say? Uh, yeah, uh, that didn't happen then, but that's okay. 
<laughs> um, that song came out, but that song came out and it was terrible and we're all scarred by it. So you have all those things. And it, the sense that you get is that like the fantasy movies of this time are they're weirder, they're edgier. It's a big cocktail of uh, elements. You know, plus you throw in cocaine and synthesizers and you just have weird movie experiences. So my game is called Not So Repressed Memories or the stuff of 80s fantasy movies that fuck me up most. So yeah, what I'm going to do is I'm going to describe a scene from a movie and I'm going to describe it as vaguely as possible. You um, wait till I'm done. Fine. And then... Yeah, I know. It's going to be hard because, of course, some of these you're just going to know, but I spent a long time writing this, so just be okay. polite. I'll be okay. sweet and polite. Yes. For once. That would be great. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm giving Lilo a point. Um... <laughs> didn't do anything. <laughs> oh, didn't you? Didn't you, Jeff? <laughs> anyway. This okay, is okay. Not repressed memories. The nightmarish imagery that scarred me the most. So, a uh, quick note. Some of these are from the same movie, and there's one not movie in it. So, all right, y'all ready? All right, let me have a little sip here to wet my whistle. Oh, God, that's good. Okay. A woman in a lake at night. Large, fanged serpents writhe in the water around her, crying out in raspy exultations as they move closer, preparing to feed. Princess Bride. Shrieking eels. Jeff, yep, you got it. Oh, you want the movie or the scene? I said Shrieking Eels. But yeah, yeah, I heard, but yeah. Uh, okay, okay. The sorry, sorry. Well, I got you. It's, it's fine, it's fine. Uh, none of this means anything. Um, okay. <laughs> a headless woman in a nightgown shambles down a long, resplendent hallway lined with heads. They are all Return, scr- Return to us. Return. Okay. <clears throat> I like this game. These are good, Ira. Thank you. You get a point for that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um... All right. A man flies through the air, clutching to something as he soars above a violent battlefield. He looks behind him, only to see that he is pursued by none other than the winged visage of death itself. Ooh, that is Baron Munchausen. Got it, Jeff. That's a scene I honestly thought I had dreamt for many years of my life. Yeah, that death figure is very, very creepy. (laughs) Crazy. Okay. An ape-like creature howls in pain as fleshy tentacles spring from its body and flay its fur and skin from itself. And just when this image couldn't seem any more upsetting, the heads of two long-necked creatures emerge from the raw flesh, toothed and horrible even in their infancy. Willow! All right. That's the stalemate. <laughs> uh, yep. That was, that was my favorite scene in that, that movie. That scene is what the fuck? Disturbing. Oh my god. <laughs> Yeah, I watched it again. It's still totally upsetting. And by the way, a uh, quick side note about the dragon. Did you know what it was called? They were named it for critics, I heard, or something. It's called the Ebersisk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, that was... There's, there are apparently other enemies in that named after other critics. <laughs> uh, so George Lucas is a big baby, is what I guess that yeah. means. Um, okay. Was, uh... Ron Howard and George Lucas are both big babies. Come at me. Okay. Large, vulture-like creatures surround one of their own, waiting for it to die. They leer and smile as this terrible thing on its deathbed continues to proclaim its power, hissing, senile, and mad. It suddenly cries out, falls back, and immediately begins to decompose before their eyes, and they are unmoved. Dark Crystal! Crystal. (laughs) Yep, again, that's a draw. That's an amazing scene. 
Yeah. It was that, the scene uh, that always just when honestly when I think of like old shitty white guys that are just destroying the world, I'm like, yeah, that's that's that scene. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we're like, let's get another judge on there. <laughs> oh my yeah. god, it's Mitch McConnell. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um. All right. You all ready? Maybe. All right. Boobs. A night. Laser eyes. Death. Oh, uh, never ending story. Yeah, if you got it. <laughs> I remember those. <laughs> the boobs, yes. Those boobs. Sorry, those, I got confused. That was the first boobs I ever saw. Trying to force yeah. it to happen. That was, a, that was a movie that probably taught me to fear sexuality more than anything else. Yeah. Okay. If I, anytime to this day, if I see two naked women facing each other, I run like a motherfucker. You, you dive them. between them. <laughs> <laughs> Well, an old man in a basket is like, he made it! He made it! (laughs) I don't don't want to ask about your sex life. I don't want to know. What'd you say, Lila? Does that happen to you a lot? Yep. (laughs) Not nearly (laughs) enough to me. And you're the one who lives out in Portlandia. (laughs) No, I'm trying to get caught with that shit. (laughs) He made it! Okay. Um... A young woman returns to her home, now covered in ice, snow, and shadows. Rhyme-speaking goblins are already within, waiting for her. Frozen. Labyrinth. Oh. <laughs> Lila should get double points. No, neither of you assholes get points. That is from Legend. That was Legend. I know, I was kidding. Uh, I know. Yeah. You still don't get a point, I'm sorry. Oh, fine. <laughs> no, okay, there you go, you get a point. Okay. Frozen was pretty good. Okay. An army of men screaming as they are horribly, painfully transformed into pigs. Willow. Willow. Yep. Jeff, you got it. Yeah, he said it first, but that's a mad bardigan. Goddamn mad. <laughs> Goddamn, dude. Just you crazy. Crazy or no? You're mad, Bardigan. <laughs> he doesn't say it like that. <laughs> not a line from the film. Jake okay. Busey is not a <laughs> Jake Busey is uh, Eric? Yeah. I believe his name was. And somebody should do a deep fake of that. <sighs> okay. Large, faceless, man-sized bat creatures circle a group of guards in a cavern. All at once, the guards are seized by the ghoulish chiroptera, who hold them within their great wings as they proceed to vomit acidic fluids over their bodies, externally digesting them, all while the men scream and struggle, their terrified faces outlined in the fleshy, winged embrace. When it is done, nothing but steaming bones clatter to the cave floor. That sounds cool as hell, but I don't think I've seen that movie. <laughs> Leela? Uh, I don't know. Is it Kroll? Nope. It, that oh. is Beastmaster. Oh, wow. okay. Yeah, and that scene is fucked. I'm going to watch Beastmaster tonight. <laughs> okay. A horse straight up dies of sadness. Yeah. Goddamn. Okay. Uh, a heroic Cyclops gives his life to help his friends escape a collapsing cave. We are forced to Goon- watch it oh, crushed sorry. to death. Goonies. <laughs> no, asshole. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Chunk's not a cyclops. <laughs> Chunk is... <laughs> and Chunk's is a kid. Sloth. Sloth is not Sloth, a cyclops. Whatever. Any, okay, guess? read it. Read it again. Yeah, sorry. Cyclops gives his life it... to help his friends escape a collapsing cave. We are forced to watch as he is crushed to death. That one is crawl. Lily, you got it. Yeah. 
Okay. A girl is drugged by her friend at the coercion of a toxic male abuser piece of shit. Labyrinth. <laughs> Jeff, you got it. <laughs> Which really did fuck me up as a kid. I yeah. Just, yeah. Whoa. Okay. But that wasn't the reason that you were fucked up. I feel like that one flew under my radar as a kid. I, I remember being really bothered when, like, her eyes go to the middle distance and it's obvious she's, like, been giving something. Like, I didn't know much about drugs, and that was the first time I'd seen a drug depiction on screen. Mm -hmm. And it was terrifying. And, uh, fuck Jareth. Sorry. <laughs> but, see, here's the, here's the problem, though. Yeah? When I first saw that movie, I was yeah. like, he can drug me wherever he wanted. <laughs> yeah, wrong lesson. <laughs> I almost spit this out of my nose. That when I was seven. Oh my god. Like, oh yeah. You're like, that man has pretty eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Moving right along. <laughs> oh, you don't want to help me like psychoanalyze that? <laughs> nope. Uh, we can we'll we'll come back to it. We'll come back to it. Uh, it doesn't uh, fit into your pretty little narrative, Ira. Oh. <laughs> no, it does not. Older, more responsible sister. All right. A cute ferret gives its life to rescue some stupid human. Peace, faster. Oh, you got it, Leela. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Last one. A wizard in a dungeon missteps and falls from a ledge to the ground below, a pit lined with row after row of gleaming spikes. As he sinks into the deadly trap, he gives out a ghostly cry of anguish. Only his pointed hat remains. From Solstice, the video game. <laughs> uh, for an extra point, would you like to uh, imitate the man's death? Death cry. Yes, yes. Oh, oh, yes, I would. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. That's yeah. good. That's, uh, you get the point. And uh, with that, Jeff, you have won. Oh. No way. Yeah, wow. I know. It was close. It was really close. It took three years. <laughs> yep. So, uh, so there's that. Well, I do want yeah, to say, man. So, what, what do you nope, want to say? Oh, just growing up, we had a ferret, and I almost named it Kodo. Oh, I didn't actually know the ferret's name. I don't think I saw Beastmaster until a little later. But... They had two, Kodo and Poto. Oh, but we only yeah. had one, so I couldn't pick. It's him. weird that we had a ferret and that we weren't obsessed with Beastmaster. Right. I was like, whatever about Beastmaster. I was like, I got a ferret at home. Why would I rent a movie about one? <laughs> I know what, but they I do, do remember being real sad. Freak his grandma. Out. I was yeah, like, yeah. sad, much more upset when the ferret died than when those bat people externally digested those guys. <laughs> okay, now that you said ferret dies, I'm crossing Beastmaster off the list of things to watch tonight. Yeah, you don't, <laughs> don't, don't well, put through that. It's basically the same thing as in Jedi when like millions of people die, but we don't give a shit. But they focus on the one dead Ewok for like 37 seconds. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, it's the same kind of thing. And the other Ewok who shakes him, it's like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And it like goes wallet and stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you lean over your kid, and you're like, uh, death is permanent. Everybody, everything you know is gonna die. And then you're like, <laughs> like that's that's what's going on up there on screen. <laughs> well, that's what these movies were all about, you know. Roxy to teach you that lesson. So yeah, these movies are real sad. Um, they have lessons to them that are dark and real something there's something about these movies that are they punch harder because they have real things in them that movies now fantasy movies for kids don't have yes they mm -hmm. always pull the punch at the end 
of the movies now, and they're like, oh, but, and here was a magic spell, and your dead parents got to come back. Like, yeah. What? Like, There's no real consequences in movies now. So. I mean, I, I, even though Neverending Story does do that, I mean, everything gets to come back. It, it's almost like by that point, I don't, I'm so sad I don't care. <laughs> like, I didn't care, you know? Right. Um, I was like, oh, the, the horse is alive. The one that I had to watch die. Like, um, Yeah, you forget that the horse comes back because the trauma of it dying was greater than it coming back than the minute that it gets, the two, 10 seconds it gets on the screen. Yeah, like, I, I don't know. I, this was also my problem with the Avengers movies. I was like, yeah, oh, half yeah. the cast died and that was brutal. And then it's like, oh, well, of course they're going to bring these assholes back. Like, I don't care. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah. Sorry, spoilers. I, I did like in those that they didn't change any other things that happened. Like all these people go on painstaking with their lives for six years. Yeah, yeah. Like I, it was really funny in the last Spider Man when they go back to high school and the one kid's like really tall and buff. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like But anyway, never ending story. Let's you wanna just start there, break that one down? Sure. Okay. So everybody, when, when anybody says dark 80s fantasy, the, the shorthand is Artex dying in the swamps of sadness. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, I mean, and, good and lord. Then, and then as soon as that happens, we have to deal with Morla's weird ass. Oh my god, the nihilism like, tortoise. Yeah. It's like immediately after that happens. Mm-hmm. And... Well, that's, I mean, he's the reason that scene like i mean that's he's a personification of what you just saw with the horse dying right that <laughs> it matters you know yes. until just now i assumed morla was female but yeah no i, I think she is oh well. i guess it doesn't matter but i don't know yeah don't go gender in the nihilism tortoise yeah i know Unnecessarily gendered, <laughs> I, but I never read it i don't actually remember uh i just have it here as the nihilism tortoise i think what i was i was meant was like the turtle the tortoise part has to come right after the, the... It, right yeah you're right it it makes a sort of sense to have it um be this uh this creature this huge creature that is ancient and has always embodied a sense of nothing mattering mm -hmm. um and i love the part when he's like uh, when Atreus like, well, if nothing matters, why won't you tell me? And more, uh, Mora, Morla, Morla, the ancient one. Morla, the ancient one. Morla is like very clever, you know. Like you're trying, oh, you're trying to trick me into helping you into being hopeful. Um, it's yeah, it's hard. It's a hard scene. <laughs> it's like a couple of hard scenes back to back. The uh, what's funny about the the uh, scene is like that's less than five minutes of screen time I think with that character and you don't give it like you have no reason to give a shit about him or the horns <laughs> like basically other than just like base level empathy for creatures uh, which it it definitely is the reason why you do care and that's why everyone's traumatized by it but it's just mm -hmm. interesting that it's like I mean if they put that at the end of a movie and that was your main character like you wouldn't be able to do that scene because it, it would be awful right or so or that would be the whole movie right where but that's not the whole movie of the never ending story that's just like the beginning really <clears throat> yeah it's, it's interesting that like they hit you the hardest almost immediately and then it's sort of like the rest of the story is him like uh you know he meets the luck dragon um and moves on from there uh but 
yeah that that initial trudge through the swamp is like him looking at this hopeless task and also like the fact that the villain in the movie is literally the nothing it's just mm -hmm. the it's it, the void itself it's uh you know I will it, point out here that uh my youngest child who is a seven-year-old girl yes her favorite character in the never ending story is gmok the wolf uh. <laughs> yes. Yeah. What, what was Gamak's deal again? Why, like, I know Atreyu asks, but why does Gamak say that he's helping the nothing? Uh, he's like a secondary antagonist. He's like, okay. the, he's like, he's the like, because that shit's metal. Ow! Yeah, he's, he's like, a werewolf. He's just like a, you know. He's like know. the Joker in The Dark Knight, where it's like, some man, Mr. Wine, just want to watch the world burn. You know, he's like that guy. Uh, that was, uh, I think, uh, Alfred who said that. <laughs> yeah, but he's talking about the Joker. I get it, yes. Uh, no, that's 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 a good point. That's a fair point. But the whole thing about the nothing and, like, the Rockbiter's strong hands speech and how he, like, he can't hang on to his friends anymore and just everyone he loves and everything he loves get, like, gets ripped from him. Like, fuck, man, that just... I saw that in theaters last summer and... It oh, it hit me. Yeah. I was like, I relate to this character a lot more as an adult than I do as a child. Yeah, it's kind of written from the perspective of an adult trying mm -hmm. to deal with like the death of your inner child and then like trying to keep going on or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot of these movies deal with the death of your inner child and growing up. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. through a fantastical lens. Like Labyrinth is about Sarah learning not how to be a selfish brat. Yeah, you want to move right. on to Labyrinth? Well, I mean, we can. I'm just saying that there that it's a it's a thing. I thought it was about David Bowie's crotch. No, that's what it was like to me. That's yeah. what it was about to me. <laughs> Nothing, tra la la. Tra la la. <laughs> oh please, not a bargain stench. Yeah, we all know the scene. Yeah. Um, but real quick about Neverending Story, I didn't realize that dude who did Rainbow Goblins did the. Oh uh, my art god! Design. Yeah, Oldo Rico is my favorite. Um, I have no idea. Same guy. Right. If if anyone who's listening has not ever read the book The Rainbow Goblins, it's a really awesome, weird book about uh, goblins who drain the rainbow and drink it. And he was also the production designer for The Neverending Story. Yeah. And uh, knowing that it could have been a lot weirder, I guess. Mm -hmm. <laughs> could have been. So. Yeah, and 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 once again, just like I know that building these sets and doing all this matte painting, background stuff, like must have been such a huge effort. I know that for the Dark Crystal, they had to, for like three years, they had a warehouse that they just made shit in before they even really had a script. I know that it's not practical uh to use practical effects maybe mm. let's see what i did there but yeah yeah uh <laughs> but i mean the amount of work and talent that went into like just building these worlds so impressive right and and i'm not saying that people don't put so much heart and soul into that today i'm just saying like back then when that's all you had and you didn't have digital like holy shit but yeah labyrinth let's get into that one so, Labyrinth is the movie that, when asked, what's your favorite movie? Mm -hmm. I say it without thinking. The actual answer is strictly ballroom, but <laughs> Labyrinth is the one that pops out first. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, 
uh, I, I got to see that also in the theater, like, uh, last summer. And I had never seen either of them on the big screen. And they were both just so mind-blowingly impressive to see that big. The world building in it is just incredible. Yeah. All of it is. Yeah. Wow. I, I and, and until I watched it again this time, I was like, oh, Labyrinth, I've seen it. I know the story. But really watching it with a fresh adult perspective, I really saw how much the story is about growth and self-discovery. Right. Um, okay, so the villain is a gross, toxic male that attempts to confuse, misdirect, and gaslight an underage girl. At one point, he straight up drugs her. Sarah consistently smashes through these illusions and systems that would bound her into unquestioning compliance. Almost every aspect of her journey is about pushing through toxic societal systems, the fireies, the ballroom, the trash lady, uh, to get to what actually matters, being a loving, protective, caring sister and individual. The, that's the whole movie is <laughs> like every time they're like, ooh, but what about this? She's like, fuck you and your little songs. I gotta go, I, I gotta get to the center of this maze. Right, and, and at first I think that she's really pushing that because she thinks she's going to get in big-ass trouble. Um, yeah, oh, it, it, right. yeah, even her motives in the beginning are suspect. Yeah. But uh. then she, you know, she does have that choice to stay, mm -hmm. and she chooses not to. Um, the book gives a little bit more perspective on it about just how run down uh, the labyrinth, king, the goblin kingdom is and how hard up they are for new blood. And so there was a lot... There's a lot more desperation in Jareth. Oh, okay. Um, Interesting. And that there's a whole passage about how they're all named Sarah. Like, of course she was Sarah. They all are. Yeah. And how he's continually tried to do this and maybe with some levels of success through the years. But it does, it puts Jareth in a different light because, yeah, he's creepy and all this stuff. But it's like he's, I don't know, it, it gives a little bit more. That's fascinating. It, it, yeah, it really is. Because I remember I would, reading I would really being like, I didn't catch any of this stuff in the movie. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I think that watching the movie, for me, it's sort of like childhood is over when you watch this movie and your first impression is, God, what a brat. <laughs> yeah. As opposed to, yeah, she is obviously being really taken advantage of. She is of. beset upon. Yeah. And, and before we leave those two movies, just real quick, I'd like to point out like what you... Uh, and what the book implies, uh, both Labyrinth and Neverending Story had this theme of like a meta fantasy understanding, where uh, wherein the characters are outside of the story, looking in at the stories that literally have the names of the films on them. Well, the Princess Bride does too. Oh, oh yeah, good point. Um, well, I guess in Neverending Story and Labyrinth, they just feel very um, they're active participants in oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. the way the stories are shaped and it's almost like the worlds and the creatures within require an amount of belief responsibility on the part of the the reader on the part of the the kid participating it, in bastion's case in the first one it's really about how he needs to hang on to his younger self and not you know, his dad's like, well, your mom's dead. You need to straighten up and fly right. And blur. I drink orange juice. I don't really remember his whole thing. He put um, eggs. He put a raw egg in his orange juice. He puts a raw egg in His dad is a fucking serial killer. <laughs> I, would, I would rather be shot by the tit statues than drink an egg orange juice. <laughs> okay, uh, yeah. So, Neverending Story is very much about, like, Or to don't... keep it to Labyrinth, the right door knocker and the left door knocker. <laughs> 
No good. Can't hear you. Damn, you're on fire. That was good. That was I'm good. a fiery. <laughs> Don't come off. <laughs> of course it doesn't. Um, yeah, I just say I didn't know that that was sort of racial thing until uh, no. so much later. Neither did I. And, and, and I we listen to their, in, their song. Too. Intended in any sort of insensitive way by Henson. Those yeah. were yeah. awesome characters. No, the Fireys were straight up always my favorite. But yeah. yes, it is a thing that you look back on and you're like, ah, yes. Like, there ooh, it is. Maybe not great. Maybe not great. But but still, awesome puppets and uh, awesome performance. Yeah. But like I was saying, like Neverending Story is about Bastion hanging on to his his youth, his imaginative self, whatever. Labyrinth is almost about the, the opposite. Ground. I keep my feet on the ground, little fucking shit. Uh, <laughs> kinda, uh, Bastion you did annoy me. Also, quick aside, does he literally summon a luck dragon to torment his bullies? Like, is that Does that actually happen? Or, um, But anyway, but Labyrinth is almost the opposite. It's almost like Sarah has to grow up. She has to become someone who's more responsible and whatever. Even though in the end she has a you know, she gets to ha- still hang out and party with her Muppet friends. Yeah, they do sort of pull that punch there, but yeah. it's okay. I was cool with it. No, it they cool. have like party hats and shit. Yeah, I mean, it it was cute. I, I don't know. I almost like it because it's like, yeah, you do need to grow up, but you can still hang on to this thing that obviously still matters to you. I think, I, yeah, I always read it. I mean, or when I watched it later, I was like, I read it as like a... You contained it, and you're able to channel it when it's necessary. Like, like it's more way. about uh, like her power as being imaginative, and mm. yeah. Return to Oz. Yeah, Return to Oz is fucked. It's super fucked. I mean, the the wheelers, uh, holy shit. I I didn't like so so a friend of mine for her birthday uh, last year, um, she was like, everybody come over, we're gonna hang out, we're gonna watch my favorite movie, uh, which is Return to Oz. And we watched it on their big screen, and I was just like, good lord, I forgot how crazy and dark this film really is. Also, I forgot that Dorothy's uh, aunt is played by Piper Laurie. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. The, yeah, the beginning of that movie with the electric shocks and the the fact that the thing that they shock her with looks like TikTok and all that stuff is mm-hmm. like... That it's in Depression era. Yeah. You know, like, everything is so bleak and... And the the health, the mental health asylum, like the gurney right. that they wheel her in on, like the wheels uh, squeak like the wheelers' wheels. Yeah, it's so, pretty ingenious in its first quarter, and then, <laughs> and then it, it gets it, it gets it a little. It really rambly. falls apart in the final act. Yeah, the moose um, bed, I believe, is where it. <laughs> the moose bed is fucking the, crazy. The Although moose bed like serves me and what it means more. Like, so if you pull an arm off that thing, does he feel it? Like he has to live in the abominative form that you've made him in with your fucking in crazy ass life powder. It's yeah, your life powder. That is extremely irresponsible to just go granting life to inanimate objects, like and like tying them together with duct tape. What kind of health insurance is that? <laughs> I do like when he's like, "What am I?" and she's like, "I don't know. You're like a thing." And he's like, yeah. "Okay." If I was a sentient Marcel Duchamp ready-made, I'd be pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. The life powder has some really awful implications to it, but That's all the crazy creepy. stuff in the movie is set into action the moment she's supposed to receive electroshock. So you can read the whole movie as a mass hallucination. 
Well, which is, you can read the first movie that way. You can actually, yeah, I think, you know, you could probably make that argument for a lot of these, but because everything in uh, Sarah's room in Labyrinth appears in the store, like, at, like right. all the dolls and whatever are in there. Even the picture of David Bowie is, he's a Hollywood heartthrob or something, like, and it's pinned on her, on her vanity mirror. But yeah, but in Return to Oz, it's... Uh, the one thing like that I did notice that I liked uh, watching it this last time, every time the situation gets crazy and bad um, and her companions are always like, I'm sorry that it happened this way. I'm sorry. It looks like the end. Cons like a few times she says it can't be helped. And that's, <laughs> that's right. It that's, is, that is. is Dorothy's uh, a young Feruza box outlook, the whole film. And I think that's great. It's just like, she's like, it's nobody's fault. It's just some shit that happened, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like she's just a nice person who's uh, mitigating the nervousness of everyone around her. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, she's just in triage for a fucking nervous wreck pumpkin. And, uh... <laughs> oh God, what are we all fuck shit? Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's Jack Pumpkinhead. While also just indiscriminately creating them with the last star. <laughs> <laughs> like in a different god, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And the uh, mommy scene. Let's the talk mommy, about good lord. I the, mean the mommy yeah. scene with the changing heads that you mentioned. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. So that part that part in the wheelish part turning to sand, those parts are the desert. Definite oh, and the freaking like faces in the rocks. I forgot about Yeah. 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 And then the moment they go from totally awesome stop motion to just some guy in makeup. Like, <laughs> and his little <laughs> and his little booties, his little slippers. Yeah. <laughs> You're looking for these? Like that was that's pretty awesome. There's some amazing that. practical effects in that movie. TikTok is one of my favorite puppets. Because when I saw it as a kid, I could not believe it. I was like, what? How did they do this? It's a real automaton, man. Yeah. yeah. But it's just some poor guy folded it's just in some half poor guy. <laughs> yeah. Some poor fucker. It's like like every degrees. cool effect ever. Uh, also, that chicken. That chicken just cracks me up every time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't look like we're candles anymore. Was that also Piper Laurie? Eh, who fucked up? Moving on. <laughs> you know, I did want to give some honorable mentions to, like, uh, my neighbor Totoro. And yes. like the uh, I didn't actually because I didn't see those movies till they came out in the 90s, I mm -hmm. guess. Right. Or, or like till they made their How way. How would we here. have seen them? I mean, you know, we didn't have access to that. And, and uh, Nausicaa also came out. In yes. that time period. And those are awesome fantasy movies, really. Yeah. So. Yeah. Good Lord. I, I'm I'm still amazed that Totoro came out in the 80s. I just <laughs> kind of can't believe it. What um, other honorable mentions do you have? Because I have two. Uh, yeah, that one and uh, Castle in the Sky was the other anime one that came out. So good. Uh, which is also very cool. That still might be one of maybe my favorite. All three of those. Is, I mean, if you want to feel good about life, you can put any of those on at a given time. You're like, yeah, that's not so bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we're all friends in the end. Uh, and I think the only one we didn't really talk. I mean, we talked about Dark Crystal. At some length. Well, is there anything else we want to... Well, what were your honorable mentions? Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, one of mine was Flash. Um, oh. I Flash, don't know. Flash it, Gordon, yeah. Splash. Flash Gordon. Splash. Oh, Splash. Splash. <laughs> Splash. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know that it exactly fits our criteria, but yeah. as a young girl in the 80s, there was no more gorgeous creature than Daryl Hannah as yeah. a mermaid. Right. I feel the same way about Blade Runner. 
Well, speaking of <laughs> Rutger Hauer... If she Howard, had been a robot mermaid. Oh, I also haven't seen Lady Hawk, if that's what I was going to say, going. speaking of Rutger Hauer, my other one is Lady Hawk. Because that oh. is, a, like, a romantic movie. I watched yeah. some clips of it, and I was like, this is just straight-up Ferris Bueller in, like... Yeah. Dragon Slayer or something. Yeah, it's yeah it totally is. But... Dragon Slayer in like an in, in enchanted forest. Like, that... I kept waiting for the principal to come to try to find him. He's in jail. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Mm. Moving right along. <laughs> yeah. Um, that can go in our other episode. Yeah. Fallen Heroes. Um, but, uh, yeah, Lady Hawk is definitely one of those movies. Like, if I'm homesick, I'm like, man, I don't watch Lady Hawk. It's, the pacing's kind of weird. It's, it's just really good and 80s silly romance and I, I like it a lot. So that's my honorable mention. It gives you a floofy feeling the entire yeah, time you watch that's it. That's a great word. Floofy, whereas Excalibur gives you the what the fuck time is it right now? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it gives you like the floofy. I've been watching this my whole life. Yeah. yeah. I've never not been Secondary watching Secondary question, where can I get Merlin's sweet little metal cap? Because oh. I always oh, yeah. That was a tight ass outfit. Yeah. And as far Do as they a... fuck in armor in that movie, sorry. <laughs> I think there's a scene where he fucks while wearing armor. <laughs> Wait, you don't? In Excalibur, I think. Oh. And anyway, the other thing I was gonna say is that's my is that Lady Hawk is my honorable mention. But one of a movie I've always been disappointed in mm-hmm. was Legend. Yeah. yeah. They had all the elements, but they didn't capture the feel. Music by Tangerine Dream. I know. It I thought been it was great. awesome and amazing, and then I watched it again, and I was like, "Oh shit, this isn't a good movie." Like, I think I made Lindsay watch it on like a date one time, and I was like, uh, "We better start making out because this movie sucks." <laughs> I think that's what the movie is for. <laughs> well, but see, the thing is, it has all the elements, but it doesn't put them together in a way that makes magic. Right. No. Yeah. Like the Dark Crystal and Neverending Story, and all these other movies that we're talking about have these magical elements that draw you in. But this was like, look, we have a movie with like. Um, Christian devil and beautiful unicorn and all yeah. of these elements and yay here's fantasy and it's like eh, it's pretty but it's a Ridley mm-hmm. Scott movie right? yeah a Ridley That's Scott joined my mind yeah I know. He, made, he made that at the same time he was making Blade Runner right is is that your theory why there's a dream sequence involving a unicorn and Blade Runner I thought that was the reason. I thought he straight up was like, yeah. Like, I got it. this additional goddamn unicorn footage. But like, <laughs> he paid, he paid a whole lot for that unicorn. <laughs> I put a horn on a horse. That shit ain't easy. <laughs> he's like, he's like, we rented the unicorn for the whole day, but we only need it for like 30 minutes. <laughs> and then we shot it when the day was done. <laughs> it would be hilarious. It was we found, the like, last After he died, unicorn. there was like a cut of every one of his movies had a unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> Gladiator, he falls asleep. You're like, oh, he's not a good director. <laughs> Alien Covenant, unicorn. It's, it's, but it's like a really wholesome version of Fight Club where he puts the dick in each movie. <laughs> yeah. it's <a> unicorn. <laughs> but it's like, it's like one frame of a unicorn. A nice big unicorn. Yeah. Um, speaking of unicorns, do you have anything to say about Last Unicorn? Man, I got a lot of shit to say about Last Unicorn. I mean, I love that uh, your daughter laughs so hard. She laughed so hard. She really did. Love, 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 love. <laughs> I mean, damn, yeah. I watched that scene again. I was just like, good lord. That was uncomfortable. Jeff, you know what we're talking about, right? The, yeah, the I do. I, I haven't watched it in a while. So. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I think we've really hit the It's an impressive like movie. And speaking of Studio Ghibli, that was the movie they did before they were Studio Ghibli. Oh. Really? 
Yeah, before they completely coalesced or whatever. I'm pretty sure that's right. Um, because, because the, yeah, the animation's lovely in that movie. I think that one of my favorite things about it is the soundtrack by America. Oh, it's a great song. Yeah. Totally random. The band, <laughs> yeah. like, yes. being on the desert with no horse with no yes. name. That yeah. Yeah. American yeah. Hook. yeah, that's America. And, and they do, like, random bad songs throughout this movie. But it has that really <laughs> cool painted depth scene thing. Louisa, who is seven, was watching it, and she said, I like this movie. She said, it, it almost looks Japanese in the animation style. I swear mm. to God she said that. Boom. Yeah. That's a deft eye your child has, and she's and, totally right. And it means she watches too much TV. <laughs> but, <laughs> Probably. Yeah. You should get. You should uh, lock that down. A bit. But I was um, like, that's a really good observation. Mm -hmm. No, and she's totally right. Uh, it's especially when you look at some real shit American animated things uh, of that same era. Um, that yeah. movie really stands out as being beautiful. But I do remember, like, I uh, I didn't actually watch The Last Unicorn until much later. I, I remember bits yeah. and pieces of it from my childhood, but it just wasn't really in my wheelhouse. But when I saw it again a while or when I saw it a while ago. The line that really stuck with me is when the unicorn, voiced by Mia Farrow, says, I can feel this body dying around me after she's been changed into a human. into a human, yeah. It's like, Jesus. oof. Oof. And then, like, <laughs> Molly grew Fuck. freaking out on the unicorn. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. When she's like, you exist, and you come to me now that I'm old, and blah. She, it's, like, really. Oh, yeah. Shit. Yeah, you know what that reminds me of? Did, uh, did you read Bone? Um, yeah. yeah, like one of my favorite, favorite comics. But there's that part, that, that thing about how um, Grandma Ben resents the, 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 the red dragon, resents oh, the dragon right. because she's like, don't trust dragons. You, they'll be there for you when you're, when you're young and the, you'll take them for granted. And then when you really need them, they'll be gone. And that's her whole thing is like she hates him because like in her hour of need, he wasn't there. It's uh, it's just like it really gets to the heart of like that and like Last Unicorn. These things get to the heart of like magic is so this amazing but really fleeting quality. Like it's just really like it's it's there, but when it's gone, the the pain of its absence is almost like too much. Yeah. Right. Well, that... and then at the end, that the prince chooses to let her go. Mm-hmm. And it's really deep for a kids' movie. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like the decisions and the sacrifices and all the weird shit that, that the king does. Yeah, it's a very... And, and you know, the, the main guy's name is Schmendrick, which is hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Schmendrick. And, and, and plus the whole uh, the thing about the... Whose circus was it? I can't remember her name. But, like, basically when she has, like... Oh, I have Mom all these Fortuna? Yeah, yeah. Like, she has all these uh, these fantastical creatures, but there's been a glimmer put on... A glamour, whatever. Put on real animals enchantments to make them look like magical things but they have to put a fake horn on a real unicorn because actual human beings can't perceive can't the horn of a real unicorn right like, I, I just i don't know I, like because there's a scene early on where uh, a farmer passes by and sees her doesn't pay any attention to her because right. it, real magic is a thing we can't look at directly but then Mommy Fortuna also has that harpy with the big tits. Oh, yeah, yeah. Another then, instance of nipples plus danger, like in the story. 
And then the harpy gets loose and falls on her and kills her. Like, wow. But okay. but she's opening her arms and laughing oh, for, yeah, to, yeah. Her, to meet her own death. Damn. <laughs> Alan Arkin is in this movie. Sorry, I just oh, looked yeah, it he up. Is. On yeah. Who's Alan Jeff, Arkin? And Jeff Bridges. He's Jeff Bridges uh, is Schmendrick. Yeah. 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 And uh, Jeff Bridges is Prince Lear. And Christopher Lee, because that motherfucker's got to be in everything. That's He's got to be a villain in every goddamn thing. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's Hammer movies, you know. He, he did that. He did. A, he made one shitty, or you know, a couple of Dracula movies, and they're just like, okay, get that, get that scary guy. He sounds tall in this. <laughs> well, they drew him tall too. They drew him tall. So uh, another honorable mention. I do have to. I forgot about this one, but read the uh, Ralph Bakshi Lord of the Rings. Is that one? Yeah. Um, yeah. That eighties one. Just because that one was like the art style of it is so against any other type of animation. Well, it's one of the, another one of those non-Disney animations. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. just was like you're like, oh, and you know, really, if they'd had the kind of funding that a Disney movie had, it could have been an amazing, crazy other thing. But as a kid, you're kind of like, eh, it's a shittier. You know, you realize the production quality is not as good, but you're still like, oh, other art styles are out there. That's neat. Yeah. Uh, same same with Don Bluth movies, uh, right. like Se- Secret of Nim, Secret Land of Nim. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. American yeah. Tale. Yeah. But didn't Ralph Bakshi also do like adult animated? Yeah. Oh, he did. He did, some, he did Fritz the Cat. He did and Wizard, Cool World. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, he did Cool right. World. Wizards. That, yeah. Wizards was one. Wizards. Of yeah. Wizards is crazy. Wizards is crazy as hell. I mean, like I watched that high, and I'm like, I I don't even know if I'm high enough for this. <laughs> yeah, you can't get high enough. To make I don't think it you can sense. get. I don't think they have sell a strain strong enough for for fucking wizards. <laughs> I remember seeing the cover of it and being like, is this? Does this have to do with the game Joust? What is this? <laughs> I was like, yeah, Joust is cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, that's, that's, okay, that's another great point. So, these, I do think this whole world, like, wraps up itself a little bit in the video games and the, you know, various Dungeons and Dragons that might be going on at the same Especially time. Especially in the 80s. It really grew in popularity in the 80s. Right. right. So, it's just like, the, it's a whole package deal, you know. And that's where, back to your whole sword and sorcery thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, the whole Dungeons and Dragons 80 thing. I actually posed the the question, favorite 80s fantasy movie to my Dungeons and Dragons campaign friends. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and after a minute, you know, they were all like, "Oh yeah, Legend Willow." And then two of them are like, "Goonies." It's like there's nothing fantastical about Goonies. It's, it's yeah, shaving it's your fun. pubes down, shaving your pubes down. <laughs> I mean, it's a fun yeah. movie, but yeah. It's, oh, it, it's fun, but yeah. It's, but you uh, failed your role on that straws. one. Failed, because... Yeah, you botched. You botched. Yeah, yeah no, I, and I'm glad you mentioned that, Jeff, because really when I think about what fantasy meant to me, what an adventure story meant to me, I really, and, and both of you, I really uh, associate with the first Link game and then Legend of Zelda. Like, I, I, both those first two for Nintendo Mm-hmm. Watching you guys yeah. play those was like such an epic experience for me. I was always too scared to play them myself. I just hung back and drew swords on lined paper. But those games were kind of what I considered this is what good fantasy means. You know, it's like you got a sword, you got a shield. There but it, I mean, it is there's... like the combo of the thing. It's like the you got the this movie you watched earlier. Zelda's mm-hmm. right there. You got your pile of drawings, your pile yeah. of comic books. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's it's a and you know you run around all day out out in the woods and you come back and you, maybe you watch this movie, you play this video game, 
yeah, it's it's a, a rich cocktail for sure. But I'm glad you mentioned that. Yeah. And I'm glad, Leela, that you mentioned that Goonies isn't a fantasy movie. So it's I think not. that that's important. I think it's important that we definitively put our foot down on something <laughs> like our heart. Yeah. I mean, that's I agree. all about this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because nothing fantastical actually happens in that movie. There is yeah. no magic. There are a lot of probably pure magic things. There's kids being it's imaginative. Magical when you issue eminent domain, Lila. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you get one over on the Richies. Yeah, and uh, make their porta potties shoot water into their butthole or whatever. <laughs> but the only thing that's even vaguely a fantasy element they cut. It was the octopus. Was the octopus. Yeah, no, so, it's a, yeah. Well, yeah. no, I, I would, no, no, no. I would say the, the traps. The traps have a clear fantasy weirdness to them. They do, let's but Let's just they say it's not a fantasy. It's, not, it's like, though. we didn't mention Indiana Jones, so let's not mention the Goonies. Yeah, no, and, and <laughs> again, the traps, Indiana Jones. Like, you could go there, but it doesn't have, yeah, we're talking swords, we're talking sorcery. Yeah. 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 Fuck you, Indiana <laughs> Jones. Get a sword or a draw line home. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Gillette spokesperson says, "Fuck it, let's go five blades." <laughs> My favorite uh, onion, onion headliner. Um. Okay. Well, and just just to move this on to Jeff, you had mentioned contemporary fantasy. How do y'all feel about that? Just, I mean, to sort of like got no soul. land this plane, you know, to move towards the end here. I, mean, uh, I agree. It like I'll say that there are some good stuff. Like I would consider Pan's Labyrinth amazing. I would consider uh, Bridge of Terabithia has a really good way of like round, grounding the fantasy and the reality of the horror of the situation. Uh, what about something like The Shape of Water? It, it's good, but yeah, it is more of a like. It doesn't have it doesn't have that fantasy thing. It's not before. weird enough. But like, it's, uh, okay, it's, here's here's my thing. Uh, if if I may just completely butt in, what I think fantasy for us now is horror. You know, it's like when we were kids, this uh, sword and sorcery and dragons and all that stuff. That was our fantasy world. Now, as adults, like horror, I think scratches that itch. Shape of Water, I wouldn't call it a horror film, but it's definitely dark. Pan's Labyrinth is fantasy, but it's definitely has horror element. It's a horror fantasy. Uh, yeah, it's like but, uh, you would say the the genre of fantasy still exists that kids it still, watch. It still exists. I would they don't watch horror movies. We're not talking about us. Right. No, I mean like Stardust is great. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. And that's definite fantasy. Um, Lock and key. Pretty badass. I just watched that. <laughs> so. But still a horror fantasy. It's almost like horror is kind of an understood prerequisite for the genre now or something. Um, okay. And I'm not against that. I think kids' stories should have, like, go, to go back to that Jim Henson quote, kids should never feel that safe. I think well, Grimm's fairy tales are important for a reason. Well, like, the, the film, the movie version of the BFG is great. I haven't yeah. seen it. Um, it's, it's really, really good. Uh, I was about to mention uh, Coraline. Yeah. Um, and I would actually draw a, a, a link, but I, we didn't really talk about it much, but Dark Crystal. Um, well, I mean, for for kids now, we had Labyrinth and Dark Crystal. They have the Harry Potter movies. This yeah. is true. They've got their whole series there. And I I do love the Harry Potter movies. I think they're really charming. But there's something 
I kind of feel bad for kids now because they didn't grow up with something <laughs> like. I I'm, I'm sorry, Dark Crystal is just this ineffably strange world. Like it's just this like completely just, handmade. Um, sorry, I just what? Google contemporary fantasy movies, and one of the top hits was Clive Barker's Lord of Illusions. <laughs> so I had to laugh. Tight. I was, I was <laughs> yeah. like, is that? What? <laughs> it totally counts. It totally counts. But I, I think what I was going to say, uh, I would at least say, though, I'm, I'm happy with movies like Coraline existing because like Dark Crystal, they get into the theme of. No, 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 not Coraline. I'm sorry. I was thinking of Mirror Mask. Oh, um, okay. Mirror Mask and Dark Crystal have a theme of reunification, not destruction. You know what I mean? It's what it's something I really loved about Dark Crystal is like you can't straight up attack the Skexes. You can't like you can't fight them that way. You have to they they need to be reunited with their better selves. You know, it's like and this idea that like it it it's heavy handed, sure, but it gets across this idea that things aren't black and white. You know, they ought not be black and white. Things are you know the the real nature of things are that they should be more. Uh, balanced and complicated and i i don't know I, I i think that's a responsible way to tell a story especially to kids like fraggle rock um i didn't see that until college but i was so taken with it because it's so much about how these different ecosystems work with each other the the fraggles eat the doozers creations and like there's an episode where they stop eating the doozers creations and the doozers like like everything goes to hell in a handbasket all about these natural orders that are really important and even though they never directly interact with one another they all feel the effects so i don't know i think the closest one-to-one where like where i've seen in contemporary fiction or whatever something like steven universe getting really complicated but anyway yeah i just feel bad for kids who didn't grow up with these weird-ass movies and were scarred by them the way we were they always have Jaws, Ira. They always have Jaws. The news. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I, yeah. Ugh, jeez. <laughs> That's all I got. Hey, why don't you give us your quote? You had a fantasy quote. Oh, I did. Uh, uh, all right, here's, here's this to take us out. Through dangers untold and hardships, hardships unnumbered, I have fought my way oh, here, here to the castle, the castle beyond, beyond the, the Goblin City. city. To take the take child back, back. Take back the child, the child you, have that you have stolen. For my will, my will is as strong, strong as, yours. as yours. And my, and my kingdom, kingdom is as great. You have no, have no power, power, over, power over me. 